Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Judith Fallon Reed, and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Welcome to Shelf Life. This week, I welcome fellow poet and author, my friend, Jeffrey Philp. Jeffrey is a Jamaican author of poetry and short stories, novels, and children's books. He teaches creative writing at Miami Dade College, and he has a Master's of Arts in English from the University of Miami, and seven of his books were published by PayPal Tree. He was born in Kingston, and he's a true blue graduate, you know what that means? That means he went to Jamaica College. <laughs> While he was there, he was taught by the legendary poet, Dennis Scott. He migrated to Florida, where he studied Caribbean, African, and African-American literature. He is a James Michener Fellow at the University of Miami. A very accomplished poet and author, he has many, many, many books to his name, and his poetry has been published in many anthologies worldwide. I came to know Jeffrey's writing through his book, Garvey's Ghost, but I came to know him personally through our interactions on the literary scene and also through our shared love of Caribbean literature and poetry. He has a passion for Garvey that we will explore. Let's chat with Jeffrey. Jeffrey, it's so good to have you with me on Shelf Life. I've been looking forward to this. I have been too. Uh, I've been following you on Facebook, you know, the, uh, the lit- may I have seen things to tell you. Uh, okay. You should- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good, good. Yes, I, I really have a passion for trying to get the words of Caribbean authors out there, especially my Jamaican authors being one myself. It's, it's very, very important. And I find that a lot of times we know the work, but we don't know anything about the people. So I usually like to right. start with the people. So uh, yes. <laughs> you're a true blue man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, my brother actually went to Excelsior. But uh, the, the best people I know come, went to JC. I'm sure you'll have no <laughs> argument there from the one of Jamaicans that come who himself oh, is a true blue man. Of course. <laughs> you know, I know, I know my good friend. I know, I know my, first, my good friend, Barrington Salmon, who is going to be the first object. But, you know, go on, Barrington, go on. <laughs> so tell me about growing up in Jamaica, though. And, and before we even get there, the name Philp. Because a lot of people seem to think that there's an extra L or an I yeah. out of your last name. Them on the credit card. Them on the, them on the credit card people. <laughs> Do you buy understand for the origin? Yeah, uh, the, the, the origin is, um, is, is Scottish. Okay, so it's Scottish. Okay, great. So it is Philp people. It's not Philip. It doesn't right. have an extra L or an I to it. So that's what it is. But growing up in Jamaica, tell me about, you know, where you grew up and what life was right. like growing up. When I was in fifth grade, uh, I moved to Mona Primary. And then from Mona Primary to, got the scholarship and went to JC. And then uh, graduated from JC, was a monitor, prefect, took over the library the last year. <laughs> Because I was in there so much, Mr. Carnegie just said to me, um, the, the, the then librarian, something, she had complications with her pregnancy. 
And, and Mr. Carnegie just came in and said, you're in here so much, here are the keys. <laughs> so I was the librarian for a year, you know. And well, the best part, the best part of it was I got to, to, so no more just being able to borrow three books at a time. It was like five books at a time. And the other thing was, you know, when the boxes came in, uh, I remember the first box that I opened, you know, you get that whiff of new book smell, mm-hmm. you know, and, just, and the first book I took out of that box um, was Alvin Toffler's uh, Future Shock. Wow. Yeah. But uh, I, I, the, the, the bonds that I create, well, we all created uh, growing up, going to Jamaica College, and especially, you know, playing football with men like Shank Woody Woodstock. Um, I played Manning Cup, but. Okay. You're a yeah, no, 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 no. They, they man, they, I like Shank. You used to call him God. No, 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 no. Them man, they're baller. Hold on, let me ask you. I love the game. I love the game. Let me ask you a question. When True Blue Weekend comes to South Florida, do you play? I have played, but the last time I played, I paid for it for about two weeks. (laughs) No, because you think, you know, in your mind, in your mind, you're like, all right, you know, I've trained and everything else. But you go out there, is a different thing because all of the all of the other things start kicking in. Mm-hmm. Mind them, and all of them work together. But not only that, you start using. I mean, okay, you can say you jog, you can say you do all of these things, right? But when when you have to backpedal, when you have to do all of these things that you're not you're not using when you're jogging. <laughs> I played for about ten minutes, and then after that, I said, Jimmy, okay. <laughs> Can't do this no more. Sorry. So, so no, no, no. So you I, became I quit. the water boy. <laughs> that was it. You know, it was just like, Mm-mm. no, no, no. It was rough. I know the feeling. Trust <laughs> me, I know the feeling. Some years ago, we had a reunion, and I was never a runner. Okay. Neither okay. Was never a runner. I went to every champs, but I was not a runner. And um, me decide them. I got to do the three-legged race. <laughs> you know, what? Nobody now going to beat me on three right. race. And after that one race, that was it for me. For that was it. I was done. <laughs> no. I, was, I was sharing food after that. <laughs> so no, right, growing up, we had a very similar kind of just having fun. Jamaica was just fun yes, back then. Yes. And you moved here. Um, when I was 21. And, right. And then studied, very interestingly, African, Caribbean, and African-American studies. What led you to that? How did you um, there? Scottish being? More, more and more. It's, it's like this interview here. Things are just happening. And, and, and there are certain, you know, the only way you can explain it is, is by synchronicity. I mean, I never thought I would end up with Dr. Ronald Dayshorn working in the Caribbean African and African American studies at the University of, the, uh, of Miami. And it was just through a series of, of, of just fortuitous events, you know, one, two, three, four, they just keep happening. Mm-hmm. And lots of times, <laughs> lots of times he would, um, he would be plan. he had like nine million things going on all at once. That's my life. And, 
Yeah, no, no, no. But Doctor, no, he. It was an art form with him. I mean, <laughs> so, 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 he had like nine million things, and frequently he wouldn't make it. He wouldn't be able to make it to class. Okay. So what he would do is he would tell me go teach. So I had to take over the class like in 24 hours. So read, I was a graduate student by then, read everything that, and be prepared to walk into a class of undergraduates to talk about anything from uh, Equiano's travels to uh, Nikki Giovanni. Mm. And, and so that was, that was really my, my, my synthesis okay. of, of, of everything because in that department, yes, there was Caribbean. We studied Caribbean literature. Um, African, uh, that was where I started to read Achebe. Uh, African American, that was how I started to read Du Bois, and that was how I stumbled onto, onto uh, Marcus Garvey. Oh. Because I'd heard about, okay, so growing up in Jamaica, JC, da 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 da, you know, nobody, you know, you ever, you know, you dance the Burning Spear, mm-hmm. you know, no one remember who oh, Marcus, Marcus Garvey. But, I would be honest, you know, it's like, you don't want anybody to think that you're a radical. Mm. You go have a book about Marcus Garvey, you know, philosophy and opinions of Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I'm worse if your father ever find out. And, and the truth <laughs> is, the truth is we didn't really have the access to the information like we do now, because I was yes. always, um, I was always in the arts. Right. In high school, I've, I've been on a stage my whole life. Right. And, uh, in the arts my whole life. So always had a hunger and a thirst for this kind of stuff. Yes. But you had very, very limited information. And the history books were written by the conquerors, not by the people who it affected. Truly. And yes. so we didn't have real information. So let's well, talk about God. Well, 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 the rest, <laughs> rest the circles that I moved in. Yeah. Well, the rest the circles that I moved in. Put it this way, I had access to the book. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was there, but it was like a feared object. Yeah. You know, so, so at any time, I, and I know any one of the brethren would have, would, would have lent it to me, their copy. Some, some one or two would. <laughs> I, I, moved no. the, I moved in the Rasta circles too for a right. long time. And so like you, I had access to that kind of information, not right. necessarily access that I could bring home but access that I could go and read and absorb as much as I wanted to whenever I could. So So, that started your love affair with Gavi because you write- Yeah, and the music and everything else. But then the 9 million things that Dr. (laughs) Dr. Dathorn used to be doing, um, that was how I got to meet people like Chetty Jagan. Wow. Because because he would just throw me the car keys. I didn't, you know, I'm coming in to do my office hours, right? And he would say, we'll make up the office hours. Here's Here's a car key. Not makeup, you know, you, you'll do it for, you know, yeah. favor. Throw me the car keys to his big old Cadillac. And that was how I went to pick up people like, uh, like I said, Chedi Jagan. Wow. Uh, Sam Selvan. Van Sertima. These were, uh, these were all people who were, that was how I got to sit down face to face, like, well, not like this, but you understand. <laughs> with Michael Manley. <laughs> with Michael Manley. Oh, at at Doctor D. Thorne's uh, house. That that, was... that must have been something to be able. To oh my God, Michael Manley, and just talk at that just time. Ta- I just talk, just talked with him, 
you know, what, like, like with, you know, and just talking, and I'm telling you, what a mind. Because it was, mind. it was like, it was like, he, the, the only other person that reminded me of that, I, I sort of had a flashback, was like with Jimmy Carnegie, you know, who had a, this sort of encyclopedic mind. Mm -hmm. But I, I saw Michael Manley go from politics to critic, and then somebody was doing something else, and he was actually quoting uh, statistics from Joe Namath in American football. I was just like, a, a real you... polymath is what he. What <laughs> yes, he, he was definitely yes. a polymath. I mean, yes, he knew so much about so many things. It was unreal. Yes, unreal. But but before you and I get into that, and we never get to your books, <laughs> little <laughs> books and poetry and all of that, because you have a wealth, a large, vast amount of work in terms of poetry and books, and your poetry has been published not just by yourself, but in anthologies all across the world, and your books are world known, and you've been to literary festivals and all over the world, and so... As a Jamaican, I'm very proud to say I know the great Jeffrey <laughs> And same here, sister. I, I like here. drop name when I can't get a chance to drop a oh, name. No. You know? <laughs> um, and in fact, was it last year? Last year you were in St. Martin at the St. Martin Book Fair. And I was supposed yeah. to actually be there and then got sidetracked to somewhere else. And right. I went to St. Martin like the week after. So right. I just barely missed you there. But in one of your blogs... And I, I mean, I know I'm jumping around because there's so much to you and so much writing that you've done. And I do want you to read me a piece of poetry. But in one of your blogs, you talk about intergenerational trauma. Yes. And a lot of this comes out in your writing too, in the types of books you write, between your yes. short stories and your novels. You talk a lot about generations and yes. your stories delve a lot into that. The, the subject was intergenerational trauma. What yes. exactly for my listeners and my audience were you thinking? What does that mean? Okay. Intergenerational trauma is when, um, all right, let, let's put it real. What happened was when, when, when the Africans were, were kidnapped from, from, from West Africa, you know, what is now known as Ghana, Nigeria, Benin, that, 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 that whole West Coast of Africa. Mm -hmm. Benin, some of my people come from Benin, so that's a shout out. All right, so the enslaved Africans um, are, are, are in Jamaica. And by just whip and torture and everything else, they beat down the people until, I will tell you, um, Ida Does did, did this um, video about this guy called Trefasa. And when he was writing the national anthem, for his country, in the uh, we, we, I forget where Trafasa was from, but anyway, when he's, he re reaches to the point where he's writing the national anthem for his country in the in in their native patois, they didn't have a word for freedom. Wow! Imagine that he he had to make this up. That is okay. that's just that is that is painful. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to go any further. That's right. painful. So, that so, alone so explains it. 
So, so you have you, which which is why again we come to 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 to, to Garvey. Garvey seeing all of these behaviors that are keeping his people back, that had kept his people back for 300, 400 years, right? All of these things, the learned helplessness, not being able to, 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 to think, as his wife said, not being able to think big anymore because anybody who thought big would end up either whipped or dead. So this is what we mean by, by, by intergenerational charm. You only have to whip and chain that first generation. It's like how you tame an elephant. Mm -hmm. You know, you put that band of, of, of iron around the, 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 the feet when it's young. And that's why years later, you know, you, you see circus animals oh. with the band. Of, that is why, because they've trained the elephant, right? To be subservient. Yeah, let's not even talk about circus animals. Just the right. just, just the pain but, that humans. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you you right, but you can then take off. You can then take off the 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 band, and the and and the next generation is acting in the same way as because what they passed on, yeah, what Mental. they passed along to you, right? And many times out of love. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for example, all you had to do was hit your father hard enough that the next time you go, you go to school and somebody hits you and you go to, right, go to hit him. And your father said, because he's a white man or somebody white, your father said, cool it, you. Mm -hmm. Right? So <laughs> all of... It's what's happening right now with us having to tell our black sons and grandchildren how to walk, how oh. to dress, how to, it, it, and it, it, it's exactly what is happening. It, right is, now. it is a continuing enfoldment in the present. You know, yeah. Faulkner said the past is not even really past, right? Yeah. And I so, so, so what, so what, so that, yeah, that is the trauma that we're passing on. So at one point you say, at one point, do you say, am I really protecting my child? Yeah. Or am I you know? Yeah, because, because to a certain extent, you are. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But you want to keep them alive. Yes. Yes. You I know? totally get it. And, 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 and so these were the things that Garvey looked. And Garvey was just like, wow. stop it. In other words, we are behaving as if the threats, even now, even in Jamaica, we, mm -hmm. we, we're behaving as if the initial threat is still there. Still the threat, yes, yes. Well, I, we, we could talk all day, but I do want you to share a piece of poetry with my audience, so please. Okay, here, this, this, one, this one I finished off. Uh, about a week ago. It's called The Trigger. And it's about this coronavirus thing. It isn't the hacking cough like the ones that terrified me. When my father would reach for his pack of Benson and Hedges instead of a belt. Before his long walk down the driveway where he would exhale smoke and gaze at rain clouds hovering over Long Mountain. Or the shortness of breath 
like my mother's gasp. Two months after she ended up in the ICU of Memorial Hospital, when she confessed that she had neglected to remove a mole that had been bothering her. Or even the fever, like when my daughter, who was barely five, saw spiders crawling up the foot of her bed and I, a young father, could only cradle her in my arms. No, what, what scares me? Although I've stared three times into the chamber of a revolver during Jamaica's undeclared civil war, it's like the time when our family went to Gunboat Beach and I slipped off a rock, my arms flailing before I splashed my way back to the sandbar with a fear that has never left me of disappearing under the waves. Wow. Mm, that is powerful. That is powerful. That's some powerful, powerful stuff. Thank you. Ooh, I get chills. I get chills. Okay, this is a, this is a strange question because we soon have to wrap up, but I did want to ask this question. And I asked this question because people ask me this question. Right. right? And as a writer, uh, like you with poems and books, yes, yes. people ask me this question. What is your favorite of your whole collection of works? What I'm working on now. Oh, give us a prips. What are you working on now? My name is Marcus. Is 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 about Marcus Garvey. Mm -hmm. But it traces his life from, you know, being born in St. Anne up to 1937, when he gives a speech in Nova Scotia, you know, the famous speech, we must emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. So it's all of that, that space of his life. And I try to work in some of, some of, um, Garvey's sayings, you know, his Afro, you know, Garvey was, here. a lot of people do not know this. Garvey was influenced by the new age spirituality that was coming in in the 1900s. So Garvey was new age before new age. <laughs> Deepak Chopra don't have nothing. <laughs> so Garvey was the new age. <laughs> Garvey was the new, seriously. And remember, he also studied uh, Marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so a lot of these are, are his own kind of version of mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Aurelius. And, and so these are also affirmations, you know, that, that they're personal affirmations that I use. Boy, let me tell you, we're going to have to do this again at another <laughs> time and pick it up back and wheel and come again because I'm running out of time now and there is still so much more. So yes. much more to you, so much more to learn, so much more to say. So I'm going to have to bring you back on on Chef Life another time so we can pick up back. Because like you, I'm very deep and big into, especially in the climate that we're in, in 2020 yes. in America. Yes. Right? Al Sharpton said something that I, I echo. And he said, I'm not racist. I'm just pro my race. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And but, I but, think it's important in this time that we hug up and love that which is ours. And for me, that means Jamaican, that means anything black, yes. that means anything that looks and sounds like me, and yes. that relates. But that's why I'm doing the book, because remember the children, the, 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 the children who are coming up, they don't have that. No, and they need it. And we they, didn't have we didn't have it growing up, mm -hmm. right? It was not until I'm 30 years old that I'm first hearing, 
hearing about Marcus Garvey. Yeah. You know, and I would, I'll, 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 I'll just drop in something here. To show, my, 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 my wife, she's in the other room teaching, um, and I'm listening to her. And so they, they bring in the, the, the book, um, you know, the audible book, and she's mm -hmm. teaching second graders how to read. And the name of the dog is George Washington. See, from second grade. Yes. Right from second grade. You know, so, so at least at least one curious child may go, who is George Washington? Mm -hmm. Right? And so <laughs> what I'm saying what I'm saying is we can have Jamaican stories, right? Uh, I don't want a dog named Marcus Garvey. But you go you know, you go to the oh we go fictional story. We're going to the Marcus Garvey Hotel. Yes. You know, just, just little thing. Oh, we're taking a walk to the park, to the Marcus Garvey Park. Boom. Yes. You know, and it don't have to be anything heavy, just something, a light touch, you know. So even if you're re reading a second grade book, you know, or third yeah. grade, any, any it, grade it's book. It's important. It's extremely important that we do that and that we get that in. Boy, Jeffrey, it was wonderful talking to you, as it always is. <laughs> we'll catch up again another time right. on the literary scene. Thank you so much for being with me. On thank Shepard. you. Thank you. And this is wonderful. I, of course, when the book come out, the new book come out. Me? I'll be, I'll be right yeah. there. I am, right. I am Marcus. We will be right there. We will. But in the meantime, go check out Jeffrey's books. I can't just tell you one because there's just so many. Just look for Jeffrey Philp. He's the Phil. one and only. Okay. Philp, not Philip. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jeffrey. Catch thank you in another Judith. time. Blessings. All right. Blessing, bless. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. See you again next week for a chance to meet another author and to see what else I have on my shelf. Remember, like my page, author Judith Fallon Reed. Check out my website or my YouTube channel to catch up on the shows you missed. Blessings. Bye.